Welcome to Sports 360 Podcast. Here we talk about issues in the wide world of sports, ranging from local issues from the Nigerian scene to global issues. And uh, we like to make it an all-sports affair. Sports 360, we can go anywhere, any sport. My name is DG Omoto Imbo. And I'm Adeyemi Adesoya. I am Akimbode Ubuntui. All right. Hello, everybody out there. It's that time again to bring you Sports 360 podcast. Um, it's been very, very interesting. We thank you for all the reactions we're getting from friends and what we share from across the world. Uh, we're here. Uh, okay, no, two of us are here again. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Yemi is here. But he's still in Dallas Stalking monitoring computer. the uh, NBA players for us. And also, well, the Falcons were also in the U.S., Recently played three games, did fairly well in those games. So we start with African football this week. Let's rest Nigeria matter for a while. <laughs> there are lots of things, but I mean, let's give it a rest. Let's start from the wider continent. But it's not such a fantastic story as well. So um, a few weeks ago, all of us were here condemning and castigating the European Super League plans of those big 12. We, we, in fact, on our podcast, we call them the Dirty Dozen. You know, so maybe we want to apologize now because of what's going on. But that, that's just a joke now. But now, in the trend that African football tends to do in the last few years, um, we tend to look at Palace, follow, follow. That's the best way I can describe it. I'm sure a lot of Nigerians listen so they will understand what it means. We tend to copy and paste what other people are doing, especially CAF in relation to the Euros. I'll go to details later. But the new CAF president, Patrice Mosepe, came out with a statement a couple of days ago. And the big takeout from that statement is that there is a plan to start an African Super League. And that has reverberated around the football world across the continent. He said a lot of things, but I'll start with Yemi and let Yemi set it out for us. What uh, Patrice Mosepe said, what are the plans, and what does this so-called African Super League entail? Thank you. Let me sound like when we want to <laughs> talk about radio. <laughs> Thank you, DJ. Um... First and foremost, I think one of the first things he addressed was the uh, PwC report yeah, right. that centered on the audit of CAF, more or less also trying to distance himself as much as possible from the previous administration, mm. saying that CAF needed better corporate governance, better structures, better relationships with um, African fellow Af uh, African countries, mm. better relationship with stakeholders, sponsors, commercial partners and what have you, that um, the, it's imperative that they enhance the relationship they have with all these football stakeholders mm -hmm. to ensure that CAF is on the right path, you know, to developing African football. So he had said that they met with, uh, they've had conversations with several heads of state, so heads of states of Sierra Leone, Rwanda, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, you know, and the likes on the ways to charge African football forward. Also spoke about what the POWC report had to say with respect to corruption in CAF, some of the processes that they've had to do where they engage a lot of middlemen mm. 
a lot mm-hmm. of uh, quote unquote third agents, parties. third parties, and what have you to get deals across. One thing that I'm happy he mentioned had to do with TV rights, which I think is a major tipping point for African football. Yeah. Uh, the TV rights conversation has become quite mucky, you know, very controversial uh, from the previous administration to this one as well. Then, of course, the key element, which is the Super League, which I feel is completely ridiculous, uh, reeks of hypocrisy, and um, just shows that Africa refuses to liberate to be independent itself from the clutches of the Western world, and more importantly, of late, from the apron string of FIFA. Uh, why am I saying this hypocritical? Hypocritical in the sense that you are stopping one. No, let me not. Go, yeah, hypocritical in the sense that you are stopping one confederation or some elements in the confederation from breaking out to form a super, a super league. league. And then you as a confederation in another part of the world are looking to encourage. embrace and encourage that mindset, that thought process with the full backing of FIFA. Like I said on this podcast previously, I said, even the European Super League, if you dig deeply, if you mm. drill down, is actually also a concept, a concept, a conception of FIFA. But the guys involved, the clubs play the first one mm. and try to move ahead yeah. of the governing bodies. And that's where I think they fell uh, into trouble with the governing bodies. Now, I ask this question. Oh, such grandeur idea of an African Super League. What are you doing with your existing mm. competition? Structures. The existing structures that you hold. First of all, you have to cancel the African, the Alcon, African Women's Nations Cup, you have to cancel that for COVID, financial reasons. You can't get a sponsor. It's hard to get a country to host. Even your age grade competition, as well, you are struggling with. What about strengthening those competitions? Mm-hmm. Secondly, you have, you've had issues with referee across the continent in your top club continental competitions. What are you doing to enhance that? What are you doing to embrace technological advancement in terms of video assistant referees mm. and what have you across the country? You are talking about a grandeur okay, even, even, competition. Even, even, even the structures, the architectural landscape, I'm not sure we have enough quality stadia across the continent. Yes, and I, and I think even though that was also contained in what they were talking about, about yeah, CAF investing yeah. in infrastructure, but you have to ask yourself, at what point does CAF go from country to country to affect the kind of stadia that is built mm. or the kind of infrastructure development that will come to the game across countries? Of course, okay. countries have their different ideas. and um, you know. Let me stop you there, buddy. Um, without wanting to appear as if we're just bashing and bashing and bashing, is there something to be said or is there some merit in these plans for this African Super League? Are there positives we can say this is why this needs to be done and we think this is why you need to support it. Just maybe playing the devil's advocate now. Before I play the devil's advocate, let me say that um, when Musipe was selected uh, president of CAF, I felt good. Uh, because most times when, I mean, at almost every level of Africa, African leadership, we have men there who have no, no pedigree at all when it comes to managing, managing things. They are mostly 
pardon my using this word, they are mostly opportunists. Only a few of them have uh, the, 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 um, uh, the, 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 the intent of actually serving and, and, and contributing something to the growth of whatever it is that they are called to, to serve on. But Mosepe, as you know, he has, a, he, he, he has a background. He has built something as a businessman. And so when he was elected, I was excited because I felt that, hey, finally he has somebody who will bring his expertise from the private business world and bring some order into the chaos that has been carved uh, that that for a long time. Um, look at what Yemi is saying. A lot of things have, have, have been going wrong. And as a CEO, I felt that from the ground up, you start a revolution. And I, and I was feeling that, so maybe if, if, if you have Mosepe for the next 10, 15 years, by the time he's gone, we say, oh, fantastic. Now we have someone who has, who has organized CAF. CAF. When, they, when they talked about, uh, about the financials of CAF and, and the civil rights, it should have stopped there. That should have been a masterpiece. But like Yemi said, there are a lot of places that needs to be reinvented and recreated and rebranded. And then he went to the super to, to the super league. Is there any merit in the super league? Absolutely none. Look, the reason, and I'm surprised that CAF are backing it. The reason CAF, the, the, one of the reasons why CAF, why both CAF and uh, FIFA and CAF, why they why they keep expanding the uh, um, uh, the number of teams that that that, that play in competitions in Africa, according to and why they keep moving it from place to place, according to them, was to ensure that these places are developed. Now, if you agree, if you admit that there's a lot of other development in Africa, and in fact, across the world, in, 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 in some instances, if you agree that is the, 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 there's, that, there's that challenge, why then are you introducing a Super League? Look, we, all, we already talked about the merits and the merits of the Super League on the European continent. I don't think there's anything, anything more to add. The fact is that football, the way it is now, the pyramid structure ensures that there is a wholesome participation and people want to feel good about it. Unless there's something that they want to do that will ensure that they play this competition over a two-year two period, that three clubs from every, from, uh, from every nation play the preliminaries and they get paid good money for participating. That's the only way you can say, okay, there's a, there's a merit in this. Africa, Africa has in, in, in itself has enough challenges in trying to manage things and try to ensure that there are, are no super teams as it were, that nobody gets too much ahead of the other person. That was why, look, as much as we do not like the idea of the, um, uh, of the regionalized um, um, uh, uh, qualifiers for club and country level, at least that ensures that from every zone, somebody shows up at the main tournament. Yes, it, it, uh, it, it stunts, develop, it, it stunts um, uh, uh, the continent in that if this will get your best teams playing where you want them to play, but at least it's, it's ensured that everybody participates. So unless they are willing to tell me that the tournament will start from the grassroots and the calendar will be so but that it's not, it's not affect other tournaments that need to be making money and, it's, and it's, it will last for a long time that everybody will feel a sense of involvement. And unless they are willing to tell me that, okay, once you start play, playing, you talked about, you talked about, uh, about there not being enough, enough stadium. I said, okay, you know what? For the purpose of this Super League, we are going to bring money to ensure that once, you're, once a, team from, a team from your country participates out of the first qualifying rounds, then we'll come down for money to help you develop your arena. Unless you're going to tell me that, DG, let's be honest, there is nothing to suggest that, Africans, that the Super League is what Africa needs now. A lot of Countries, uh, a, a lot of tournaments have been, pay, have been played where the teams are not making a penny. 
They're yeah. just spending and spending and spending. You have seen what Bal did. Bal came with a blueprint. Uh, basketball Africa, Africa came with a, with a blueprint. And even we are sent to Basketball Africa. We need to expand the base so that everybody will get a piece of the pie. And until they are willing to come with a plan that says everybody gets paid and paid well, I don't think there's anything good about this about this Super League. All right, yeah, I mean, you, you do get the impression that uh, CAF tends to, I said it at the start, tends to do what you call copy and paste, especially in relation to UEFA. Um, you know, when UEFA... They do. Yeah. They don't, they, don't, they don't even copy well. Because <laughs> <when> UFA, <laughs> yeah, exactly, because FIFA and UEFA, they at least make money out of what they are doing. Yeah. You copy the football, you don't copy the money making. We come out with a product that doesn't make they are making they are making money. Everybody has suffering losses. The Euros are going on now. When the Euros uh, I want to try and recall a few of the copycat <laughs> issues. When you when Europe moved to twenty four teams, CAF moved to twenty four teams. So from from eight to sixteen. So eight to sixteen, then to twenty four, they moved to twenty four. When Euro, then we copied the, we changed it to CAF Champions League. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, we made do competition to make CAF Confederations Cup. And, you know, look at the, look at the, uh, look at AFCON. There are 52 teams in Africa and 24 will get to the Nations Cup. That means at least probably one in two. Yeah, so it's watered down the quality, the quality. And I think, or and the intensity of that tournament. Is it that we cannot come up with homegrown, or solutions that are peculiar to us because the solutions they are providing for themselves, they, they can justify those adjustments to their competitions. And I don't think they can justify that. Is it a case of we just want to copy and paste and that's one too. Um, I'm a bit worried about the nexus or the influence or the connection of Infantino to always having a say in what is happening in Africa because with all due respect, he can't do it in any other confederation. <laughs> and we are allowing it, really. So, I mean, it's not his fault. We're allowing it. Well, Infantino is the godfather, if I can put him, mm. ascribe that title to him. Godfather, he says that he has ensured that Musepe is CAF president. Okay. He's ensured that CAF, uh, that FIFA occupied CAF for six months. Mm. So, that's if it was actually six months, but occupied CAF for six months, more or less reorganizing and running CAF as an organization. For me, that's an element of new colonialism, like it or not. Um, Africa has shown that, like I've said before, I've refused to be independent. I've refused to stand on their own two feet and then come up with African-based solutions for African problems. Now, Europe, at the time they went from 8 to 16 teams, were ripe for that advancement. Why? Because the number of teams going to the World Cup from Europe had increased mm -hmm. as well. So it was only sensible that, look, if the level of football is improving with the number of teams going to the World Cup, mm -hmm. it means that our flagship event on the European stage needs to also embrace that increase. Yeah. But Africa... We've only moved from three participants to, to five. five. And then we've now gone from eight to 16 to 24. It doesn't make any sense why we would embrace that level of change. Secondly, what is the level of development on the African continent? Mm. You are struggling like, to get countries to host. Why even get countries to host? Because of the sheer number 
of so teams that, that look at Cameroon for yeah, instance. They were playing, they got the hosting rights at 16, 16 teams. teams yes. And then one year down the line, you come to them and tell them, hey, you're going to host for 24 teams. Of course, that is definitely going to shake anybody, you know. So you ask yourself, what went into the thought process of making those increases or those um, adjustments to the condition? Zero. Africa needs to start thinking African. When in, not only in football, in everything Every that we face. Okay, but we'll, we'll round this up now. Um, just uh, Patrice Mosepe, like you said, came on. We all thought, yeah, brilliant, successful businessman. He's not somebody that would be too interested, quote and unquote, in uh, pilfering. Let me say it, <laughs> <laughs> because it's been said about others. He's a made man, and he's run uh, football in his own country up to a fairly successful level. It must be said. But do you get the feeling that? Is too easily influenced at the moment, at least, by the big wigs at FIFA, or is it a case of um, loyalty? Because you cannot argue with the fact that Infantino had a major, major say in how he came about as a, a CAF president. I think it's a case of loyalty, DG. Um, uh, like, like you said, we, we, we cannot. Uh, we cannot separate FIFA from CAF right now. Uh, they are so intertwined that sometimes it, 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 it is confusing. Um, and, and, and I feel, but I feel, like, like I said earlier, that given what Mosepe has achieved and what he has done and, and, and what he has, um, maybe, look, it, 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 could have, it could have, after becoming FIFA president, had an agreement with them. I don't think anybody will kick against you ensuring that your your uh, your association gets developed. Um, we are talking about copy and copy and paste. That's why that's that's why I like the way Comebo, that's South Africa, the South African um, association. That's that I like the way they do their business. Their local qualifiers is different from from everybody else's. Their tournaments is different different from everybody else's. The the of the Comebo going on currently now at at moment we uh, pocket ten million we pocket ten million dollars. That's a lot of money. Can we say the same for, for, for those who, who, who play in cup, in cup tournaments? And so for me, I feel Mosepe, um, it's not too late to take a step back. It's not too late to realize that, look, you are not, you are, you are not here to help Europe and you are, not here to, you are not there to copy Europe. You are there to ensure that Africa becomes, uh, at least make some progress from what you know as far as, uh, as earnings, organizations, and 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 and, uh, and 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 maximizing the potential of the continent and earnings of the teams as far as it's concerned, DJ. All right, uh, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave that topic for now. We might have to get back to it in the next few weeks when indeed if the plans for the African Super League are now uh, concretized and enhanced and we can pinpoint particular things. Maybe there's something we're missing. Maybe there's some benefits that are hiding somewhere. We get to know about $20 million major, is not a benefit. <laughs> one major problem <laughs> in Africa has to be I think Buddy mentioned it as well, discussing the, the, the sponsorship levels. So many competitions don't have sponsorship. And you would have thought that the first thing to do is to come up with a marketing plan and get corporate bodies on board to pump money into African football because that's, I mean, I start the pyramid from the bottom, um, not from the, not from the top. That because that appears to be what we're doing. On the con, on the question of sponsorship and sponsors. Something happened 
some time ago, a couple of, no, up to yes. about a week ago, ago, about a week ago, and he made worldwide headlines. And, you know, when I saw those headlines, I was a bit taken aback because personally, I didn't believe those headlines. And as this turned out to be a ruse, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo sat in front of the press at the Euros after Portugal's first game at the press conference. There were two bottles of Coca-Cola in front of him and a bottle of water. And when he got there, in case, I'm saying this in case you do not know, I don't think anybody in the world <laughs> missed this story, but just in case, just in case, don't let's assume. Maybe somebody has just landed from planet Pluto <laughs> onto the Earth. He took away the two bottles of Coca-Cola and said aqua, which means drink water. Incidentally, that bottle of water that he held is also a Coca-Cola product, in case you didn't know that. And then the news made worldwide headlines. Coca-Cola share capital drops by four, was it four billion? Four billion. Four billion pounds because Ronaldo moved the bottle. And even respected media outlets ran with the story. We are here to tell you that story is simply not organized. <laughs> it's a whole lot of rubbish. Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, press conference started three minutes after Coca-Cola's share capital had dropped by four billion. So it was just a crazy coincidence. Another fact, on that day, that was what he called dividend day. A dividend day for Coca-Cola shareholders. He had been announced probably a year ahead. And on dividend day, share capitals tend to drop because uh, shareholders just wait for their dividends to be paid. Nobody trades. Just want to collect your dividends before you decide what next to do. And of course, they conveniently didn't tell you that that same day, those share, the, the share rose again by, I think, over a billion, billion. pounds. So, Ronaldo, all of you social media influencers who are trying to use that to get more money from your clients, Coca-Cola share capital did not drop because Ronaldo moved the bottles. That's simply not true. Having said that, though, Ronaldo moved the bottle, Paul Pogba moved Heineken bottle, and it's not made worldwide headlines because sponsors, we talked about sponsors when we discussed the Naomi Osaka situation here. Yeah. Sponsors contribute a lot of money. We've talked about African football where they need for sponsorship. And sponsors need to get commensurate exposure and value for the money they spend. They spend millions, sometimes billions of dollars to support sports. And you simply cannot afford, the sports work simply cannot afford to uh, alienate them. Even the stars themselves cannot afford to alienate them. So I'll start with our marketing guru here. You hear me? What are the implications of a situation like that where a player can just quote and unquote uh, rubbish a sponsor's product? Maybe that's a harsh word or ridic <laughs> ridicule is probably worse. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, affect a, or touch a sponsor's products in a negative way. And um, what has to be done to prevent this? Because apparently, maybe apparently there are gray areas which we'll talk about. Yeah. And that simply, let's be honest, Forget about the share capital. It simply shouldn't happen. Yeah, it should, simply shouldn't be happening. Um, because I also think that this, a lot of these players are hypocrites. If you if you ask me, mm, because Coca Cola used to have a relationship with, so with Ronaldo. Ronaldo used to have a relationship with Coca Cola. 
Pogba was comfortable enough to pose for his Man of the Match award, which was interestingly sponsored by the same Heineken, and he posed in front of the backdrop that had Heineken. It's all hypocrisy, if you ask me. Um, but then, gray areas, critical stuff, because, hey, commercial partnerships are very critical to advancement of, mm. of sports in general. Now, so for those who, who, are, who are listening, it doesn't happen only in football. In fact, in the UFC, it's an I've seen every time trashing the monster uh, can. <laughs> every time. He walks into the press he sees that, why is this rubbish still here? He tosses it out. Now, the governing bodies need to take a stand. It's important that they do because as I have the Aside this period that we're in post-COVID, where everybody has lost a lot of money, uh, monies that are supposed to come into sports has reduced tremendously. So it's important that they put a stand to it and say, look, look, guys, you can't uh, alienate these brands because they're important to the growth and development of the sport because you are, are not... They are part of the reason why you get paid so much. Yeah. Now, the other gray area... Mm. Is the fact that at national team level, there's a huge gray area when it comes to image rights. Yeah. Unlike at the club scene. And you, you probably, Nigeria is a very clear example where Coca Cola are major sponsors to the Nigerian Football Federation. But then during World Cup season or National Cup season, a few players are signed to Pepsi. Pepsi. So you have instances where Coca Cola wants to do, uh, a campaign around the Super Eagles players. And then Pepsi obviously been also smart who have picked probably the top top players. So players, yeah. when they pick those top players, obviously those top players can't appear on Coca-Cola. On yeah. Coca-Cola. So ambush, there's is there, is there, is some, sort of, some yeah, sort of ambush marketing. It's really. because at national team level, there are great rights in image rights. There's a bit of... So, but in on the club scene, whether you're assigned to a personal brand or not, you can still don a competing brand. Mm. Why? Because you are somewhat still paid because of your image being associated yeah. with that brand. Yeah. So, for instance, in the days when maybe uh, Manchester United was sponsored by uh, Nike, then you had a player who is a brand ambassador for Adidas. He still wears a Nike jersey. jersey yeah. Anyway, because, yeah. But then he still earns money from the fact that his image okay. is connected to that brand. Let, let me stop you there, buddy. Um, Yemi made a point about this um, situation between a player's personal endorsement deals and the club or the national team. You remember at, a, a, was it Barcelona or Atlanta 96? No, Dream Team. American Dream basketball team, yeah. team, the Dream 96, Team it was, was 96. It was Barcelona 92 where the Magic Johnsons and the, I think it were, um, Michael Jordan was there. Nike sponsored the US national team. And there was a Nike swoosh. But some of these players were contracted to Puma, to Converse. Converse. And when they were go going for the gold medal ceremony, some of those, them, some of them stylishly, creatively used the American flag to cover the Nike logo. Because they were not contracted to. So there's this gray area that 
it's difficult for the uh, sponsors, the federations, the organizers to overcome because the players have their own rights to market their own images with whoever wants to pay them money. But is it that the, the organizers of competition, you've covered NBA a lot and I, mean, I know you know that the players are under very strict rules when it comes to endorsements and sponsorship and all of that. Is it that the federations need to come up with more guidelines to say, look, I don't care who sponsors you personally and all that. When you are in this competition, you don't, uh, let me use the word, you don't alienate our sponsors. If we put a bottle on the table, you have no right to touch it. Or is it that the guidelines are a bit flaky and they need to be strengthened? What do you think? The G- I, I'm, I'm even surprised that UEFA have not come out with a strong statement against, um, against, against that action. Look, football is a team sport. That is one thing. When you are practicing an, an individual sport and you have personal sponsors, that's why we see all the, te- all, all the tennis stars and badminton players. If you watch badminton, you see them, they proudly fly the colors of their sponsors. It is allowed. However, when it comes to press conferences, we all know that the sponsors of the event, they take precedence. And I, if, I'm sure Ronaldo himself knows Whatever it is that, that prompted him to move those, the Coca Cola bottle, I'm sure it was, it was a momentary madness. Because it, it, has, it has never happened before. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it at any press conference in any event where a, uh, where a sports person will tamper with anything that the tournament uh, that people have put there. To, to represent their sponsors. So, did you, I suspect that if UEFA have not said anything about it now, they have a reason. And I'm sure by the end of this tournament, we'll see a statement that will deal with it. It will never happen. And I can guarantee you, if Portugal continues in this tournament and if Ronaldo is on that stand again, that is, if it's on that stand again, the cockboard will be there and he will not touch it. Having said that, uh, I, I remember asking Yemi when, when this, uh, when this thing about cocoa was right, Yemi, I don't think this is what happened. It is not possible. It is just impossible that people who have put their, their, their hard-earned money on that product that has made them money will because of Ronaldo go and start selling. It's not possible. <laughs> and immediately he responded with, with, uh, with, um, uh, with a story that showed what happened. And I said, um, I just knew. Yeah. But what shocked, what shocked me the most was that people actually believed it. Yeah. Mm. That was surprising. And I think for me, DG, it points out what you have always said about journalists. And I'm, 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 I'm sad to see that it, 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 it's, it, it's, not, it's not just Nigerian journalists. That the, that the, 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 the mediums that we respect so Worldwide. much... Worldwide. Worldwide. I don't think there's any of... I, I don't think any of us will know with any story until we have verified it. Yeah. It's important. But of course, that is what social media has done. Anything, and I think that's, that's where, it, I, I think it's, it's for me, it was another important learning point that no matter what you see on social media, first do your own private, don't verify. jump on bandwagon and like, like everybody. You've got to verify first. So for me, I think um, Ronaldo will still see the result of his action. I don't care how much money he has. If he ever says you can't play any of our tournaments again, he'll be humbled. It's not that powerful. And trust me, when these organizations want to deal with anybody, 
as NBA as so like you said, M M look, there's no player bigger than the NBA. They will deal with you. Yeah. So Ronaldo will see the results of his, of his actions. Pogba will see the results of his actions. And this, uh, and I'm sure going forward, there'll be a definite, definite statement addressing the issue. All right, yeah, I mean, the, the, the sponsors, though, because you see, at every level of sports, without the sponsors, it's tough to see how you survive. Of course. At every level of any sport. You know, so, like Buddy said, I'm a bit surprised that UEFA have been very silent on this. I'm a bit surprised that the sponsors themselves haven't said anything about this. Maybe they just want to let this slide. But I, I feel, like Buddy said, I feel that there must have been a categorical statement. Because, you know, before things become trends, and before, I mean, here we are in Africa, we're struggling for sponsorship. We're <laughs> struggling to get, especially in Nigeria, people to get money. You know, without wanting to sound like one is pandering to these sponsors, sports depends on them. No, I was, I was <laughs> And there's absolutely nothing we can do about that. So, would you say that uh, the federations, which has happened in Nigeria, are not protecting the interests of the sponsors enough? So let's leave Nigeria out of this, please. Uh, generally now. <laughs> generally now. <laughs> you know, there's a flip side yeah. to all this. Like it or not, it also kind of helps the brands mm -hmm. because it somewhat also keeps them in the news. In the news, yeah. Mm. So... You're talking about Heineken. publicity. What any kind of publicity is publicity. <laughs> so, Heineken is in the news. Everyone's like, oh, Pogba removes the Heineken bottle. Ronaldo removes the Coca-Cola bottle. The Russian coach got into the press conference. He took the bottle, opened it, and... Bottle of Coke. <laughs> so, they're still in the news. Yeah. People are still talking about the brand, which is also a value. Always good for them. It's good for them. So, that is the flip side. Now, the interesting thing is that UEFA will have to address two issues now from the Euros, you know, medical protocol, and now this one. Mm. So be rest assured that this will form the basis of conversations that will come up in the near future. Post Euros. Now, also, we we'll go back to what we said last week about the role of the media. Yeah. The media plays a key and pivotal role in how we tailor, we share, we, we push, we deliver news. And like it or not, it's shown that on a global scale, there's a huge problem. Yeah. You know, huge problem with how we take news, interpret, either research, and then roll it out. Because like, I saw some publications and I was like, ah, you guys also went with this. But then, there has to come a point where actions need to be taken, strong statements have to be made, especially by the governing bodies, and also, in a little way, by the sponsors, even though they are also enjoying some kind of publicity. Mm -hmm. So, you will see UEFA, like but they said at the end of the tournament, probably come up and say, look, guys, we can't have XYZ happen because like it or not, even if your images are not protected here, your FAs get prize money, mm -hmm. you know, match, whatever, and they get a share of this commercial. I was looking at Manchester United's um, P&L yesterday, about 44% of the pillars for commercial partnerships. Yeah. So, you can't take it away mm. from sports. It's part and part of sports. And it's come to stay. Definitely. It has come to stay indeed. So, uh, without wanting to overflow the issue, we want to tell you right here, right now. 
Coca-Cola's share price did not drop because Ronaldo <laughs> moved the bottle. If that, if you believe that, please, uh, uh, banish the thoughts. <laughs> the uh, share price dropped three whole minutes before the press conference started. So he doesn't have that kind of influence. I mean, just to say that. I know he has so many millions of followers and uh, I knew one or two social media influencers that were coming up with headlines, the power of social media. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You ain't going to get more money from your brand for that. Now they know the truth. Now they know the truth. So if you like, move Coca-Cola bottle from here to tomorrow, <laughs> you won't get more money on social media. On that note, let's move to something exciting that is going on and the reason Bode is in the US at the moment. The NBA playoff picture. We're getting now, we're down to four. Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. So let me start with, of course, with the man I will start with. Big names are out, buddy. No usual suspects. The big stars, the LeBron James, the... Uh, Steph, uh, Steph Curry, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Durant. The Kevin Durants are all out. There are new kids on the block. We'll get to them in a bit. LeBron James came out to say a lot of these injuries to top players. Anthony Davis, his teammate, uh, right now. Uh, Leonard is injured. A lot of top stars got injured in the, let's start with the LeBron statement that the quick turnaround and the injuries led to a lot of these big stars uh, being injured in the course of these playoffs. Two questions. Is there any merit to that? And secondly, how was that statement received in the NBA circles in the United States? Um, first of all, DG, let me say that injuries have been a part of the playoffs for a long time. Yeah. It's just that, it's just that this, uh, this, this, this season, it has happened to many players who are regarded as superstars. Um, as, as a San Antonio sports fan, I can tell you that I'm still pinned. Uh, the year Kawhi Leonard got injured, mm. the sports were out there with a famous victory on the road at Golden State Warriors. Kawhi Leonard got injured, and that was the end of, of that championship run. Mm. So it's 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 um, it's uh, and then of course remember 2018 when uh, Chris Paul was with um, was with, with, the, with the Houston Rockets. Rockets were Rockets had won Game Five. They are three two up. Chris Paul got injured, and for the Rockets, it was over. So injuries has been a part of uh, a, a, a part so of. So effectively, you're saying is you're saying it's nothing new. It's, it's nothing new, but I feel that LeBron James is particularly pained because he felt that with Anthony Davis at his side, he would have gotten another championship. Okay, and so he spoke out. But let 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 us be clear. I don't think there's any, all of these players, all of them, all, they had been taking rests during the season. Load, all of them. Load, load management. management. <laughs> load, all of them have been, all of them have been, they, they have been, they have been, they have been, because I've been, I've been managing them by, by reducing their minutes. So, while, you, if you look at that statement at, at, at a face value, you say, oh, fantastic, it's, it's correct, they turn around, but like I said, like, like I've said before, the season started the same for everybody. If LeBron James, if, if LeBron James statements were to be true, it means that by now, all the players in, in the league are broken down. But that's not the case. Some are still playing. And some of them are superstars. I think what you are witnessing is that for some of these players, look, we all knew that Anthony Davis was 
always likely to be injured. Injury prone. Definitely. Exactly. And um, Stephen Smith, when he was talking about the uh, about the loss of of Nets uh, um, uh, yesterday, um, he, he made one he, he made one crucial statement. He said, "All of us forget about karma." I'm, I'm talking about the new, about the new Jersey Nets now. <laughs> James Harden, Brooklyn Nets, um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, when, Brooklyn. When at, uh, <laughs> so Brooklyn, Brooklyn rather. <laughs> James Harden, when he was at Houston Rockets. Remember at, at, when the season started? He didn't join his he didn't join his place at, at, at the training camp. Yeah. yeah. So he missed a lot of training that's why I prepared him for the season. Yeah. And so the question is, did that affect him now? Yeah. There's a possibility. Yeah. He didn't prepare well for the season. That's his fault. That's on him. Yeah. You can't put that. And remember, I, so for me, so around here, people had LeBron James. A lot of people piped it up, but nobody, and I, I, I mean nobody. Is saying, oh, nobody gets on, gets on the bad wagon of supporting him. Okay. People just read, people just read it and just fine. And I also feel, Deji, that what you are witnessing is probably a change of guards. Okay. These young players are coming through. They are hungry. They are playing well. Look at um uh the the uh, the 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 Don't jump, don't jump, don't jump the gun, buddy. I'm coming to you. I'm coming back <laughs> to you with that. Just hold hold that thought there. Let me ask you this: We have Atlanta Hawks against the box. In the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Clippers against the Suns in the Eastern Conference Finals. You could argue that at the start of the season, the box were always in the equation. Yeah. You could argue that the Clippers were in the equation. Mm. But nobody saw Phoenix Suns and the Hawks, I think. Yeah. In my view. Also, um, the last latest winners of the league, Lakers, Raptors, Golden State, Cleveland Cavaliers, San Antonio Sports, Miami, he's going back to 2013. None of them is in the conference finals. And um, it points to the fact that these teams that were not given a chance at the start of the season, what do you think is responsible for where they are today, right hmm. right now, in the playoffs? Like uh, Borges kind of alluded, there's <clears throat> a bit of a change of guard. Um, I think some guys have done absolutely fantastic work with respect to the trades mm. that they made in terms of building their rosters. An example is the box. Yeah. They've gotten strong around the perimeter, added guys, added weapons on guys that can help Giannis. If he drives into the paint, he can kick it out. Guys that can shoot from PJ, Chris Middleton is Tucker, there. Middleton, Drew Holiday. Now look at Atlanta Hawks. They got a clean capella who was more or less discarded by Houston Rockets mm. when they decided to have that, their outlandish thought of decided to play small. And it's gone to Atlanta and they're doing well. Look at Trey Young. Mm. In fact, I was, I was watching the jump, was it last week? And they were talking about how this run by the Atlanta Hawks is helping the city of Atlanta, right? Thrive. Becoming more attractive for people to yeah. want to live in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. To come to them. So, these guys have done very good business in the trades that they've done over the season. Look mm. at Phoenix Suns. They got a Chris Paul. Yeah. Who, at some point, a lot of people were thinking, yeah, maybe he's about past to hit, you know, he, mm. okay. he's, he's past due date and all that. So, all these guys, mm. they've done, and I'm, I, I didn't mention the Clippers, even though 
they got two guys mm. off the roster of the Lakers who won the championship yeah. last year. So okay. it's all about good roster okay, management. But, but, so, but we cannot talk about these players without talking about, you've alluded to these guys, two young players who are becoming possibly the face of the next generation. You talked about changing of the guard. Uh, Trey Young, double-double in Game 7, um, win over the 76ers. Of course, um, Devin Booker, who held a clinic in Game 7, a triple-double when they eliminated uh, the Nets. These are two well, young well, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are two young guys that have taken the league by storm this postseason. And of course, we, we are not going to forget Luka Doncic, even though the Mavs got knocked out earlier. Now, the NBA appears to be in good hands for the future because these guys are shooting the lights out in the league. Not just listening to that, they're playing well. Yeah. Like I tell you that um, the, the All-Star, uh, the, the All-Stars um, selections uh, for, that, should, that should be held in Indiana next year, for, uh, by the way, uh, it will, it will, um, it, it, it will show just how much influence these young guys are having. I am not too surprised about um, about um, about Phoenix Suns, although I am um, uh, I, I, no, we are not sure they'll, they'll get it wrong because of the way the West is tagged. We are not sure they, they, they'll get to the conference finals, uh, but we are sure that they'll make a noise. Look, they had a young core that was developing nicely already. Uh, uh, the the uh, the Devin Booker, the uh, the Andre and, and then they now added an old head in Chris Paul. And you and I know that anywhere Chris Paul goes, his bas- basketball IQ alone ensures that. So, there are improvements. For me, it's, it's, yes, it's, 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 the landscape is changing. Landscape is changing. And look, this is only good for the game, at least for the NBA. Because now, next year, going into, you, you said this earlier, none of us thought these guys would come this far. So, going to next season now, the conversation is changing. Yeah. However, because some of these older superstars still want to win one more championships, we, we, we are hearing rumors of probably another massive deal that will build another super team. We are still waiting. The season hasn't ended. And until the season ends, we can't see these moves being made. Mm-hmm. But it's in the offing. Westbrook, for instance, is selling for one team that will give him all, that's also had give him a shot at ending the title. We shall see. Uh, uh, ben Simmons, because of what happened at, at, at Philly Sixers, it means that the All-Star that will leave the Sixers will either trade him or, unless he gets better or they make another deal to ensure that he gets help while still on the job at Sixers. We shall see. But all in all, so far it's been a fantastic, uh, a fantastic postseason despite what LeBron James is saying. The fans are happy to see, to see the superstars emerge because for them it means that next season the excitement gets spread up. You know that LeBron James is going to want to come back they start the partnership with 37 years old to play well. But it also means that so some of these young guys are now ready to challenge him and say, you know what? You know what? Old man, we're also here to say. <laughs> um, okay, let's go to a particular player. He's two MVPs now, regular season MVPs. I'm sure he wants to translate that to a, a playoff MVP if possible. Of course, we're talking about Giannis and Tentancompo. Uh, Great game for him in Game 7, even though KD on the other side was also fantastic. Yeah. And then we'll come to... I'll, I'll talk to Gary about the next. But uh, here they are now. Um, PJ Tucker, very aggressive, great intensity. Chris Middleton, 
good mid-range shot. It's come up big. Um, Jeru Holiday too has come up big. Brook Lopez is contributing. So, do you think the Bucks, uh, they face the Hawks? They're a bit more experienced than the Hawks, but we, we, you can never write off the Hawks. Is this the best chance that Giannis has to get a ring? Please play back uh, our NBA playoffs predictions. I said the Bucks will be in the Eastern Conference final, yeah. so I'm correct on that one. I may not be correct on the we'll other play, one. We'll play back the ones that you're correct on that one. I think they won't get a better opportunity than yeah. this one. Why am I saying so? Yes, they have more experience. The team looks better stacked, looks stronger across every angle you want to look at it. And also, if they come out of this series, the likely thing that they will play on the other side, not one of the big guys. So, mm. either the Clippers or the, or the Suns. Mm. So, it makes for an interesting prospect for the NBA Finals. Uh, if it's the Clippers, you know that the Clippers are weak because there's probably not going to be any car. Oh, yeah. Even though we have playoff P eventually showing us yeah. George. But I think that with the way this team and the business that they've done in terms of strengthening that roster, the box looks sufficiently strong enough. Why am I saying so? They came back from two games down in, against in two, the Brooklyn in two, Nets. In two rounds. Please forget about whatever happened to the Nets. Mm. It's a difficult job coming from two, two down. games down. Mm. And they did that knowing fully well the experience they had in the bubble yeah. last year. So, we have to give them credit. And the way I look at this team, they are strong enough. If they can't win it this year, I'm It'll not sure. It'll be tough. There's another year they can mm. win it. Buddy, uh, the Clippers, Yemi mentioned it, we are finally seeing playoff George, aren't we? And um, it looks like he has a lot of load on his back now because, of course, Kyle Leonard appears out indefinitely, the way here is the suspected ACL injury that he might not be playing. Tyron Lou seems to be getting the best out of them. Nicholas Batum, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, all of them contributing. Terrence Mann also contributing. But the Clippers, without Kawhi, does playoff George on his own have? Does he have enough to be able to possibly take them to the title, or it will be too much of a load for him on the long run? The fact remains that um, uh, Paul George is one of the best two-way players in the league. Defensively and offensively, you can count on him when he's in the mood. And, uh, and then he himself, after he showed up uh, uh, for, um, for, for, for the Clippers in their game seven, he said, you people have been talking about the playoff P. Now, wait for the finals MVP. <laughs> we shall see, <laughs> <That's interesting. laughs> we shall see if, if that will come to be. But this is the this is probably and arguably the best opportunity he has to sh to, to shed off uh, to 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 shed that tag of being uh, uh, of of the playoff P that we, that that um, we all know and derive. Disappears. That when it comes to the big stage, yes, um, yeah, and and disappear and and, and 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 that this is the best opportunity to carry the team. Yeah, it's as he has done well so far, but the also that he needs to do more. And as for Kawhi Leonard. Just like um, uh, like Anthony Davis, we know from that time that he was at San Antonio Sports yeah. that the other that this injury is more serious than the team is letting on, and the other that he might not return for a long time. Yeah, and he might not be back at all this season. This season, in fact, there have been a, two, a couple of news outlets reporting that the injury is not what is being reported and that he's gone for at least three months. 
but we shall, we, 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 that, that remains to be seen. But you have to assume that player that uh, that Paul George will, will be the one that has to carry the team, and this is the best. This is the best opportunity he had to share that tag of being uh, of of being a player that disappears. Like I said, it's, 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 so far it's proved to be capable, but it's got to do more because I mean, on 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 the flip side, there's a story that the Clippers that, that the Clippers are cursed, <laughs> but we but we shall, but we shall see. We shall see. Um, uh, they, they've done well so far. They've dragged themselves to this point, but they've, they've lost game one to the Suns. Mm. Let's see going forward if they can get to them before right. now. To wrap up now. I'll take predictions from both of you before we go. Uh, Yemi, um, Chris Paul out on health and safety protocols. Yeah, Hopefully, he will get back at some point. But also for him, he's never won a ring. A couple of years ago, he was being written off. As yeah. he's finished, he's washed out, he's over. But he's shown. Especially, I can't remember the game where he scored 67 points when they swept the Nuggets. I think it was game four or game three of that series when they swept the Nuggets. But Deandra 18, Michael Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cameron Payne, who's coming for him, Devin Booker, of course, who's probably the player of the playoffs so far. The Phoenix Suns as well look, and they won game one. They look good. They look comfortable. They look fired up. They have the intensity. Let me, how far can they go even without Chris Paul and if Chris Paul does come into the equation it gives them a great chance doesn't it? Give him a great chance uh, Chris Paul has shown that he can he can strive under adversity mm. uh, in the first round game against the Lakers first round against series against the Lakers he was injured in the first game uh, found a way to play through the pain and yeah. got them you know uh, across the line so I am sure that he will be itching to come back, and I, I'll make that prediction. I think the Suns are going to come out as West Coast uh, Western Conference champions, and I think that they will be meeting the box okay. in that final. Let me end you. Let me end it there, buddy. Your two picks for the NBA Finals, and your winner in how many games? <laughs> First off, we know that Chris Paul will be back at some point. Yeah. With Chris, with Chris Paul playing, the Suns have a huge chance. Um, um, right now, I think the Suns will get past the Clippers. Mm. They've won game one. If they win game two, the, the Clippers have a mountain to climb. And the Suns have the ability. They've swept, they've swept, uh, they, they swept the Nuggets earlier around. They've shown that they can win on the road. And that is important. So um, I think the Suns will come out of the West. Uh, from the East, I think the Bucks have turned the corner. Okay. Uh, they hung on by, by the skin of their teeth against the Nets. The Nets were the, were, were the odds horn. They are, the, they are almost everybody's favorite to win, to, to, to win this championship. The Bucks prevailed against them on the road in the game seven. Yeah. yeah. So, what it tells me is that the Bucks, after the corner, they had a mental block, especially for after the experience of the bubble, and we thought they were dead and buried when they went down 2-0. But they they fought their way out of it. I think I think um, Yanis has grown a bit more in these playoffs, and that is dangerous to see, because Yanis in this mode is almost impossible to stop. Those are facts. So your prediction. The on the other hand, the Hawks on the other hand, all their game plan uh, um, um, uh, revolves around Collins and. Uh, Young. And their point guard playing well. And Trey Young playing well. And Trey Young, by the way, he gets a lot of fouls by bumping to players after after he has shot the ball. 
then they are looking at that. <laughs> it's possible that at some point you, you start getting those, and, and they got a lot of freebies in, 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 their, in their game seven win uh, because they got a lot of free throws that were not free throws. Okay, we all saw that. So for me, box against the Suns in the final. Who wins in what? In, in which game? Goodness gracious! <laughs> <laughs> Let us. When they get to that point, I will tell you. Okay, all right. <laughs> Yemi, Sons, uh, Sons and the Box for you? Yes, Sons and the Box for me. Who wins? Ah, because of Janice, now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the Box can do For it. me, Sons and the Box in the final, I don't care who wins. <laughs> because I love CP3 and I love I lost Janice. And both of them have no, never won the ring. So, if it's the Sons against the Box, I'll be watching as a neutral and I'll celebrate with whoever wins. So, on that note, we wrap it up on this week's episode of Sports 360 Podcast. Uh, many thanks for always being there. Many thanks for always joining us. We'll be back with you next week on another exciting episode of the podcast. Thanks for your time. Have a great day wherever you are on the surface of the earth. Take care.